Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Dungeons and Junkies presents Escape from Wolfong, episode 31, more questions than answers. I'm Matt. Wait, this guy's turned up for once? Ah! <laughs> I'm Alex. And I'm Carrie. Guys, welcome back to Dungeons and Junkies. Um, indeed, it. I am here, and so is everybody else. So, uh, I'm going to give Chad, you're up. Go on, you talk. Wow, he's clearly out of practice after not showing up for a few weeks. But why? Hello there, everyone. And welcome back to my terrible and wonderful homebrew world of Escape from Wolf Arm. I am, of course, Chad, and I will be playing everyone in the world besides the fine four player characters that I have here at the table. So who should we start with this week? Well, you know what? Why not? He's back. So let's start with him. Matt, who will you be today? Indeed, uh, I am Matt, and I will be playing Detective Wyatt Stanton, the human power ranger, like a better term. Um, yeah, he's stuck in all farm farmages, is currently trying to stay away from Damien but again doesn't everybody um, currently trying to um, foster a friendship with the sparkly one they are he is uh, definitely trying to foster a friendship with someone uh, let's see who else do we have let's go to Alex hi I'm Alex and today I'm playing Avery the Azamar wizard who is currently stuck in a get the world's biggest game of I didn't seek, basically. The only catch is, if I get caught, I die. So I guess I'll see how that goes. Yeah, it is a fun little child's game that has turned quite deadly. Some would say Chad is inspired by something else. Who knows? Let's keep going, though. Who else is playing today? Carrie! Hello, as always, I'm Kerry, but just not as always. Today I am playing Burian Nathine, the Wood Elf Warlock slash Wizard, who... I don't know, Matt pretty much said it all about forging friendships and everything. And he just sparkles on like the sparkly one himself. And last and certainly not least, Caitlin. Hello, I'm Caitlin. I'm not an alcoholic. I play Damien the Erjanasi warlock who is anger personified evil in physical form not here to make friends and honestly he'd probably be fine at hide and seek but featuring death because you know he keeps dying and it's just not sticking yes what lives the four of these characters have led so far here in Wolfham And with that, what a segue that is to jump into our recap. Because last time on Escape from Wolfham, 
The gang is still split up with the buddy cops, Detective Wyatt Stanton and Vera Nafeen teaming up with knives to head out onto the outskirts of Ganymede to try and find the library to see if they can help locate their lost comrade, Avery. While on the way, they fought themselves a spirit naga. They dealt with the rain. Wyatt got absolutely destroyed by some harsh comments from Knives. And they also had a odd run-in with a seemingly not actually there Black Knight. But they did manage to arrive at the gates of the library and begin to enter. Avery, however, still found himself in a pocket dimension, somewhere between there and here, or maybe here and there. Avery does not know, and frankly at this moment, doesn't have the time to care, as Avery finds himself hunted, still, by these hound-like creatures, managing to kill off three with a final fourth giant one, facing him down, once again, Avery just loses and blacks out, just hearing a voice in his head say, no, before waking up with blood in his mouth and the uh, voice of Casador saying, round one has completed. And finally, Damien found himself on a separate adventure on the outskirts of Ganymede, off to investigate the now crater and former aquarium that was on the outskirts of Ganymede that everyone remembers where the Taminator was found. And lo and behold, the Taminator was once again seen as Damien came, not face to face, more like bender or front fender to knees of the Taminator before the Taminator gave a smile and a wave placing a device on the front of the Jeep. And the Jeep being picked up by something, being tossed in a giant explosion and hitting a building. Damien waking up in the wreckage of said building, alone, shoulder destroyed, but still alive once again, as death just won't take this one, no matter how many tries they have. And Damien, furious, bloodied, but not quite beaten, trudged their way back to the outskirts and the gates of Ganymede Square. And that is right where we will pick back up as we zoom back in to the outskirts of Ganymede. We find our Air Ganassi drenched from this pouring rain, standing at the gates of Ganymede Square, still holding their shoulder that they managed to put back into place, but doesn't feel good still, holding in one hand their cracked communicator gem that is still sparking and sending off bits of magic as two messages from Bart are still on the screen. But Damien, what would you like to do here? Wish I'd run over Terminator, but you know, I wasn't driving. Ugh. I know the message said the Rosny got back, so he's fine. Is there anyone at the gate I can see? 
Uh, as you do approach, you get a little closer. You can see the one uh, out or the one Golden War Forge who always stands outside each one of the four gates to either allow or disallow people to come and go from Ganymede Square. I kind of gesture at him and I'm like, oi! The Golden War Forge and its seven foot tall self looks down at you. You can see almost like scanning as it looks you up and down and kind of cocks its head to the side. And then it steps forward and says, ID. Damien. Affiliation. Bart. You see the Warforge stands back up to its height, kind of just stares off into nothingness. And without saying anything to you, the giant Warforge turns, puts its arm into the middle of the gate as the door spirals open and turns and looks back at you. Golden Crane, Bart is waiting for you. Just kind or, of nod. <laughs> it walks back by you and takes back up its post, standing next to the now open gate. I walk through grumpily. <laughs> I'm just going to trudge towards where the golden crane is because I'm like, I'm so done with everything. And I know if I don't turn up, Bart will probably I'm gonna electrocute me or something. Uh, it takes you a good, you know, 15, 20 minutes to walk just in between and through the barrier. Uh, once again, the barrier as you're in here, this is the second or now third time you've been through this barrier and the second time without like a Jeep around you. And you can just feel like the energy radiating off of this like tube that you are in as you go through it. And just every like hair on your like body stands up as you go through this area. Uh, you reach the other end of the tube uh, with another Warforge standing there who once again looks you up and down and in this exact same voice, Golden Crane, Bart waits for you before turning, walking, inserting his arm into the center of the door as the gate spirals open and you once again walk out onto the streets of Ganymede Square with the massive hustle and bustle from the South Gate. We're on Cornetto Boulevard. I immediately dry myself off. Uh, it's actually an um, amazing thing as you step into, like, through the barrier and into the actual streets. Like, it's sunny out at this moment. Sunny, as we would say. And you do just feel your clothes and such almost instantly dry as you step onto the streets. And you can hear all just the creatures and demons and humans and such just screaming and yelling at each other as taxis are whizzing about here and there. Kind of a quick whistle of air Julius kind of appears on my shoulder because I'm like if I'm gonna see Bart I'm bringing Julius <laughs> just out of sheer spite uh, it takes a few seconds but Julius does appear <laughs> Julius kind of cocks his head at you before kind of putting its face into your hand yes I got blown up again I'm sorry <laughs> 
this image of Julius just like sat there going, the fuck, dad? Really? I leave Again? you alone for two minutes. <laughs> Guess I'm going to Golden Crane bullshit. Are you gonna head right to the Golden Crane? I'd rather get it over with. Cool. Awesome. Uh, yeah, uh, just you travel straight down Coronado Boulevard. You get over to the sidewalk because you clearly don't want to get run over, and you do know that these taxi service will take you out with no regard because they don't give a single fuck. Uh, but you I make your way, it. giving dirty looks to anyone who you know hazards a glance towards you, uh, walking by both the Duke of Albany Tavern and the Overlook Hotel, uh, before making your way to the main square of the Ganymede Square and approaching the front doors uh, of this, you know, gate of the Golden Crane Casino and Emporium as you step through the massive doors into the huge lobby of the Golden Crane. Once again, the smell of stale smoke and alcohol and the immediate feeling of being constantly watched even just ramps up to a whole other degree as you step into the lobby. Oh, no wonder I don't come here more often. Resist urge to pull out many knives. Kind of glancing around, kind of going, says I'll meet him here, so is he waiting for me? Am I going up to him? As you kind of just stand there, just kind of staring off into space for a moment, suddenly one of the tiefling attendants kind of walks up to you. Uh, Damien? Yeah. Um, yes, right, right this way now, quickly, quickly. Yeah, quick, quickly, right, yeah, um, quickly. All right. And they turn and immediately head towards uh, the elevator banks. Just kind of watching this tiefling warily. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, are you are you okay? I look at my shoulder, which is probably like two times the size of my other shoulder from swelling. Eh, I'm not dead. Well, I'm not more dead. Okay. Um. Yeah. Uh, as you reach the elevator bank, the tiefling turns and. Pulls out a key card and swipes the uh, reader right next to the elevator door. Uh, yeah, just step inside. Uh, Mr. Bart's waiting waiting for you. Um, I, we're glad to see you again. Thanks for the concern. And uh, as you step into the elevator and turn back, uh, can you make me a perception check? As you turn around, you didn't notice it as the tiefling was leading you. But as you turn back around to say thanks for your concern, you can see that behind you, there was eight Warforge that had like appeared out of nowhere with their weapons drawn and were following behind you and are now just like standing. A conga line. 
and no, then they have now just formed a line outside of the elevator as if to like block your path of trying to leave at this moment. None of them are attacking. They're just standing there with their weapons uh, held at the ready. Kind of look at the nearest wolf watch like, can I help you? None of them say a word. They just all stare at you, their golden armor and their just stoic face expressions as the elevator doors slowly close. Well, that's unsettling. And yep, the elevator dings and (laughs) begins to speed up. I hold on to the side because I know what happens in these fucking elevators. (laughs) Race! The elevator just keeps flying straight up like at a vast amount of speed and you can feel like you're being pushed down towards the ground as you're holding on to the sides before suddenly ding, the elevator comes to a sudden stop you're holding on and you don't get completely thrown off the ground but you do get a good you know couple inches as it comes to a stop but then it immediately goes horizontally and you feel your body just jerked to the left as the elevator goes completely sideways and you can feel your, the momentum just in a completely different direction before it suddenly ding and stops again. You're jerked back into the middle of this elevator. As someone who's like, as an air ganassi whose senses are like partly reliant on the feeling of like wind currents on my skin, I hate this. Brushes down, get out the fucking elevator. The elevator doors slide open and you walk out onto a very boring kind of hallway just beige walls a tan carpet and you can see there's like a few doors if you look to your left there's a long um wall sees that had like three doors on it look to your right there's another same hallway four doors on this one as you look straight ahead, there is one door straight to your head at the end of this corridor of very boring monotone colors. Wow, it's a corridor that reflects Bart's personality. (laughs) I just broke my... (laughs) Is it just me in these corridors? Uh, yeah. As the elevator door opens, it's oddly quiet as you step out onto this hallway. Or into this hallway, I guess. Not onto it. But... No one responds. The wolves respond. Well, logically, he'd probably be at the end of the hallway. But do I even want to talk to him? That's the real question. That He's going to knock on the door closest to me. Uh, are you going to the left or to the right, as they are right across from each other? I will go to the right, because why not? Uh, as you turn to the right and you look on the door, there's actually a small little plaque uh, right next to the door that says seven and under it it says the name rocky and you knock on the door uh, there's no answer 
Can I look? Are there plaques on like all the other doors? Yep. Can I look at them all? Yep. Uh, the one right across from Rocky says six, and that says Dr. Abel Kuvar, and that's C-U-V-I-E-R. Uh, as you keep going down uh, on the right, the door on the right has number five, and it says Bolton. If you keep going, the next one it says number three. Uh, that one says knives. Uh, and if you go back to the left side, the um, fourth door says Rasputin. And the door in the very front, uh, or the door on the second door says Bart. And the door number one says supplies. That's the one that's straight ahead. I guess I'll knock on Bart's door very reluctantly. Uh, as you knock on Bart's door, you hear, yes, 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 come in, come in. It opens the door, shuts door behind me. Uh, you walk in to a very, very, very drab office. Uh, probably six by seven foot room. Uh, one tiny little steel desk, basically in the middle, uh, with some ratty chairs seated in front of it. And seated staring at you is Bart, uh, wearing his coat with many pockets. But once again, you can see the horns that have grown. His giant, long, spindly antelope black horns seem to have grown another couple inches. And he has more uh, tiny horns like growing off of them. They're now beginning to like hook down over his face and such. Damien? Yeah. Sit. I lean against the wall. Where were you, Damien? Damien will not roll over, you little shit. I will come over to the library and I will kill you. What do you mean, where was I? I was unconscious and then I was walking back here. Grozny said you're dead. According to what? Just the fact he didn't see me? Okay, let's 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 start this over. This is What happened out there? We went out in the Humvee, got to the big lake thing, which was the aquarium, found the we found what remained of the wall forged that had been stationed out there. Very clean cuts. It was rather sinister. We took a bit as evidence, got back in the car, went to come back, and... Did we ever inform you fully about the Taminator? You can see Bart is staring at you and is studying you like 
with more intensity than you've ever seen from Bart. And it's not like a, like an anger or anything. It's it's a full on, he's studying you for any kind of like tick or any, like every word that you are saying. Damien, please sit down. Please choose your words very carefully. And you did not debrief me on this Taminator. Do it quickly, but I need to hear the rest of your story on what happened. Taminator is what blew us up in the aquarium in the first place. It was impersonating Tam, took a bunch of headless Azimar, blew up. Seems it's back and alive. It stuck some sort of device onto the Humvee, which basically negated all the magic and shit. Something, I didn't see what, bloody hurled the Humvee across the goddamn sky into a building. And there was crashing and a flash of something, and I woke up in the rubble with my shoulder fucked and grossly nowhere to be seen. You can see that Bart is... Like he, once again, it's not a look of fury. It is a look of just intensity as he just stares at you. How long do you think you've been gone, Damien? I might have been out for a day and then about two days walk. Damien, how long did it take you to get to the... We'll call it the crater. How long did it take us? A few hours, wasn't it? Took about, uh, it was about an eight hour drive. Six to eight hours to drive out there. Yeah, it was about eight hours to drive there. Damien, I know you don't like me or really trust me in any way. And I understand why and everything. But something is wrong here. Spit it out, Bart. Grozny returned after five hours. As in five hours from when we left? Yes. What the fuck? How long has it been since I left? You've been gone for several days. Fuck. Okay, that's... The only time... It's going to sound weird, but is the Grosny that came back the correct Grosny? Or are we dealing with some doppelganger bullshit? You can see a, a deep gulp, actually, from Bart, who still has a look of great intensity on his face. But for a second, you see just a, a flick of like a go, like a fear go through his face. We, he seemed totally normal. I, Damien, 
Grozny didn't mention anything about running into anyone out there. He said that the Humvee exploded and he was only able to crawl his way back. Okay, yeah, there's something shady with him. We don't like each other, that's very clear. But you know I'm not the kind of person to bullshit. I mean, you're welcome to try and verify... I might verify my memory or whatever, but... Why would he say I was dead unless he wanted me to be dead? You can see Bart is just staring at you still with that same intensity before he stands up and... I don't... I don't know, Damien. I, I, I truly... I truly don't know. And it's... I don't... We need to go find Grozny. Right. I'm with you on this one. I don't like people pulling shit like that. And if it, he was somehow behind the whole Taminator bullshit, well, you're going to need a new head of your group. Right. Okay. Uh, well, our best bet, we can check his room. He clearly lives here at the Golden Crane. You see Bart stands up, opens a desk drawer uh, on the left, and he pulls out a uh, white card that has a large red snake over it. Let's go. You know where you're going, I don't, so. Uh, right, um, I'm gonna need you just to move a little bit back. And, sorry, the thought, I can't open the door. Where are you standing? I need you, need you to slide a little bit to closer to the desk. Oh, thank you, Damien. All right, all right, now, you're gonna have to wait till I get out before you can exit the room. You can just watch his face. <laughs> Sometimes I forget that he's like a terrifying, powerful magical being. When he does shit like this. Is Julius still with me? Or uh, Julius, he's, uh, he dissipated as you went through the uh, lower floors. The sad car from another dimension. Yes. Uh, I'll wait the allotted amount of time and follow Bart. As you get out and you wait for Bart to exit out of the office, then you follow out of the office into the hallway. Bart's already standing in front of the elevator, swiping his card. All right, so we'll go up to the... Uh... God, I hate going to the guards' quarters, but that's where we must go. And the elevator doors slide open. I'm reluctantly getting the same elevator as Bart. Uh, do you grab onto the walls or anything? A bit. Like one arm. Bart sees you do this and... Okay, we're working together right now, so this is my peace offering to you. When you get in the elevator, just say slow, and the elevator won't go as fast. Hmm. Don't tell Wyatt that. 
Wyatt says he'll never step foot in the Golden Crane, so I can't wait to make him. Please do make him. After the ordeal in the hospital, I'd quite like to watch him get hurled across an elevator. Right. Elevator. 94th floor. Quarters. Slow. Nah, elevator. Ding! Ding! Two dings and begins to go. You just feel a small little uh, jerk as it begins to move horizontally back towards the left, the opposite way that it did before. And as the elevator begins to move, the camera also kind of zooms out. And meanwhile, the camera zooming away from this elevator for going just into the sky and going into fading into blackness for zooming back onto a massive jungle, cutting down through the trees to an opening a massive blade next to a giant rock. We zoom in on an Asimar with a metal arm standing there, kind of covered in multiple different colors of blood. Some his, some others. The clock in the sky blinking at 48 hours. The the cannons have just fired and Kazor's voice just saying, this is a break. Enjoy your one hour rest. Please choose your moves carefully. As you stand in the glade, and suddenly I need you to make me a dexterity saving throw here real quick. Avery? Oh no. 10. That's all right, that's a very low one. As you're standing there and Cazador's voice echoes once again, suddenly all of these trees and everything just like begin to be just sucked into the ground and you suddenly just see like bushes and vines and everything just start to disappear. And suddenly Avery, you find yourself in the flash of about 10 seconds, suddenly just standing in a completely like blank plane. Not like in a void, but just everything just kind of blank. You're on a white floor and there are empty white endless walls around you just seemingly close, but also seemingly endlessly far away. And as you stand there for a moment, suddenly a huge uh, three-tiered structure appears in front of you with nine different little cubbies. And you can see nine different items in this tiered structure and Cazador's voice once again echoes through the area. Choose two of these items to help you in your next round. And as you look at the items, there are no markings on to what they do or anything, but I will tell you from top to bottom, there are nine items. There's three on each like shelf, one in each cubby. And the top row is a silvery cloak. Second item is a uh, bright green potion. 
The third item is a ruby red potion. The fourth item is a uh, bronze ring. The fifth item is a set of black gloves. The sixth item uh, is a machete. If you can just see, you know what a machete is, so you can see that. Yes. The seventh item is a pair of sky blue boots. The eighth item is a set of uh, jewel encrusted bands. And the final item is a uh, green kind of looks almost like natural colored, like entwined necklace uh, with a bone uh, affixed uh, as a pendant. And you can take two of these items. Oh. Okay. Tommy hmm. really wants a cook. <laughs> uh, right, I'm going to. One, I'm going to grab the boots. Okay. The sky blue and... boots. And uh, the other one. And between the bands of the necklace. Gonna roll for it. Bands it is. Go for the bands and the boots. You are taking the bands and the boots. Uh, Avery, as you step forward and you grab both the set of sky blue boots and the jewel encrusted bands, you see as you lift them both up, the structure and all the items just pop and disappear. And then you see in front of you a bonfire suddenly appears and a little like makeshift like sleeping sack appears next to it. And Kazdor's voice once again echoes, Enjoy your hour of rest. Round two will begin at the sound of the cannon. And Avery, you now have an hour of rest. Uh, is there anything you would like to do before round two begins? I think I'll study these two new items and see what I can see if I can work out what they do. Uh, you will. I will tell you. Just be nice about it. To figure out what they do, you will have to put them on. Um, so, but you can tell that right away as you hold them, they're magical in some way. Alright. Shit, what was my health I'm lost? Uh, you also can count this as a short rest, so you can roll some hit die if you would like to regain health as well. Okay. Do that, because according to my finger, I only have 18 HP left. Sounds so right. Nine to a reroll. Let's just see what This is where we would insert if we had a sponsorship. 
because this is a great spot for it. Uh, sponsored uh, by Chad. Got 19 hit points back, so I have 36 hit points altogether again. Cool. Uh, and I don't get anything else back on a um, short rest, so I think I'll just rest up at this point and just before the hour ticks over, put on the boots and the bands, see what they do. Sure. Uh, Avery, you get, just you sit down and, you know, get cozy next to this fire. You don't really need to eat or sleep or anything like that. But, you know, your body just needs a moment to re-knit itself and, you know, cover up some of these bloody gashes that have formed and maybe, you know, cough up some more of that water that found its way into your unused lungs. But you use the hour and the massive timer still in the sky, just blinking at 48 hours, a smaller little red timer uh, suddenly appears and at about five minutes and starts counting down. And as this timer does, uh, Avery around you, you start to see little shrubs and such begin to grow from the ground. And you, as you look down, you can see that the white ground is once again becoming a jungle floor. And you see trees beginning to sprout up slowly. And you can hear the sound of like water begin to begin to rush as this whole area begins to and trees just spring up everywhere. And this little tiny five minute countdown ends a countdown and it hits one minute left. And you said you would like to put the boots and the bands on at this point. Yeah, I'll see what they do. Uh, you're gonna put them both on at the same time. You're gonna try them one at a time. Uh, the bands are probably quicker to so I'll do the bands first. Sure. Uh, Avery, you affix these uh, jewel-encrusted bronze bands to both your arms, one on both your forearms, and as they wrap and they clasp around, they like they get very tight for a second, and you can feel them like set into your skin. But as they do, you feel it just a energy surge throughout your forearms and then through your whole body. As you feel, you feel at least plus two stronger at this moment while wearing these bands. So you can add uh, another uh, plus two to any uh, strength-based rolls while wearing these bands. That's handy to have because I have dog shit rolls for strength. And okay, and I'll see what the boots do while I'm here. Uh, as you feel the strength through your body from the bands, you bend down, take off the boots you were wearing, and slide these sky blue boots on. And as you do, you can feel your whole body just almost feel like it's weightless. And as you kind of just give yourself a little bounce, you realize that you can jump, triple your normal jump. As you have acquired a set of boots of springing. Oh, I know this. Yep, you have received the bands of strength and the boots of springing. Avery, though, feeling... Sorry, what was that? No, I just had, I just had got that jotted down. 
Avery feeling now both much stronger and in somehow much lighter, you see the tiny little red timer clicking down. Five, four, three, two, one. Two massive cannons fire off, echoing and reverberating throughout this whole jungle, actually shaking the trees around you as Kazador's voice. Round two begins now. Good luck. And Avery, you once again find yourself in the jungle. But as you look around, you can tell the jungle has definitely changed because you didn't move from the small little grotto area that you were in before at the end of the jungle. And the jungle definitely did not reform in the same way as it did last time. So what would you like to do? Hmm. Guess head into the jungle. <laughs> sure. Uh, straight ahead. All right. You can do that. Uh, head off into the jungle. Uh, can I ma- have you make me a perception check and then make me a survival check, please? Yeah. Uh, just to check and guess it. Uh, well, I say he knows directions. I'm guessing this is even north or south. Uh, yes, you said north, north right? Yeah, yep. straight ahead, so that would be north. Yep. Alright, just run down my directions. Uh, let's see, perception and survival. Uh, perception is... 8 plus 7. Oh no, yeah, 8 plus 7, and survival is a 17 plus 3. Nice. Uh, Avery, you begin to head north back into this jungle. And immediately as you do, you can tell that things are different. The trees are much taller this time. You feel more somehow less enclosed as the actual canopy of this. The trees seems to be so much higher up in the air. And so it's kind of giving you almost a more of a wary feeling instead of that feeling of being so enclosed in and claustrophobic this is the feeling of there could be things coming from match from you at any angle and the trees themselves seem to be a bit more spread apart and you can see further in the distance and you see small little creatures hopping between the trees squirrels and small little other woodland jungle animals and uh, birds and such flapping about and birds and insects buzzing as you keep going and moving along and moving along and off in the distance though you suddenly hear just a loud doom not a boom from a cannon this is the ground itself you feel a loud doom shake go through the floor itself of this jungle and as you look back the whole world kind of goes silent for a second and off in the far far distance you're pretty good with guessing at this point this distances of where things have been you've been in this jungle now for a whole fucking day this has been your life in the far distance a good 
half a mile to the south. You can see the trees themselves, the tops, kind of moving as something is moving through the jungle. And you can hear the ground every once in a while just boom, reverberate. As you can see off in this far distance, the trees themselves kind of bending and moving. That's to the south. What would you like to do? That's just tough. So for a minute, I'm just going to... I'm going to head to the northwest for a minute. Just carry on north, but veering off. Sure. Uh, Make me another survival check. Uh, Seven. Avery, you... Seeing this, the trees themselves being moved about, and the ground itself shaking, you once again turn and begin to head north into this jungle. Uh, as you do, though, you once again find yourself in a breadth of another huge crossing of a river, the river rushing across. And you turn, like, all right, well, you can't jump at this point. It's a good 15 feet across. And you think, hey, no, actually, I can. And you easily, with the boots on your feet, just just boop, leap right across, landing gracefully on the other side and begin to make your way northwest through this jungle. And you can feel you actually begin to climb as the ground begins to get higher and steeper. As you're moving up, you feel like a hill and you keep going and you keep going and you keep going. And can I have you make me a dexterity saving throw at disadvantage? No. Uh, my low is a 15. The high was a 17. Avery, you're going along and you haven't heard any of the loud thudding from the jungle in a while. And suddenly you hear to your left, a bird call and snap your head. As you turn your head back straight ahead, you take one more step forward. And as you do, you hear a snap of a twig. And suddenly you see a huge tree trunk begin to swing down and heading straight for you. At the last second, you manage to dive out of the way as the huge, you would guess about 100 pound tree trunk chunk just swings on vines and barely grazes past you as you dodge past this trap that you activated by stepping on this twig and you lay in the brambles looking at it and you just hear a bird call once again off in the distance as you now stare at a swinging trunk that finally comes to a stop in front of you. Oh, I hate the woods. I hate the woods. I hate the woods. I hate the woods. We'll burn down the woods all day. I will get out of the brambles, pull in brambles out, 
me out of everywhere and my arms move back and then I'll carry on heading in the direction I am. Uh, did you want to uh, look at the uh, tree trunk that was just swung at you at all or you just want to keep on going? Take a take a glance at it while I'm here. See, sure. see if I can see where the trap was made, or if I can see any other like traps on the um, area I'm walking up. Yeah, uh, make me an investigation check. Uh, that is a nineteen, so plus nine on top of that. Avery, you stand up from the brambles, dusting yourself off and looking at the new scratches that are forming on you as you look at this trap that was clearly sprung. And as you're looking over it, you can see that these aren't vines. These are ropes that were tied. And as you look down at where you step, you can see that this was clearly rigged up and this was intended to take you out and it was rigged up quite well you as you trace the line back up you can see that unless you were looking for it you would have never noticed that there was a trap here at all and as you look up to the trees you can not find anything else can I have you make a quick perception check? Uh, another eight plus seven. Avery, as you're looking up into the trees, off in the distance, you just hear a <laughs> kind of echo throughout the area. I'll keep my ears more open as I continue on. Are you going to keep going the same way? I think so. I think we'll keep going the same way for a minute. You're heading still northwest. All right. Uh, make me another survival check, please. Uh, that is a 14 plus 3. Avery, you making your way past this tree trunk trap that swung at you. Now, on your guard, seeing and hearing that there is definitely something afoot once again in this jungle, and you don't think it's probably the hounds, because there's no way one of those things could have rigged up what you just found a moment ago. You keep going, and you find once again the river seems to have bent this way so you begin to actually follow the river along this northwest path uh the river picking up speed as you keep going and you're it's odd that you're traveling north but the river is traveling downstream this way so you're traveling with the current of the river and you keep going keep going and can i get another survival check please 17 uh, plus 3. No, sorry. Yes, that's correct. Plus 3. Avery, you keep following the river. 
and you actually manage to avoid a, another trap that was set here as you're going along. The you see as you're stepping forward, there is a different colored rock in front of you. Normally, you wouldn't even think twice about it. But as you look at it a little more closely and you actually bend down and as you touch this rock, the entire piece of uh, this um, ground in front of you actually just crumbles away and flows into this river. And as you look and you see the river itself actually comes to a very abrupt end and ends in a waterfall. And as you hop over this piece of uh, ground that was dislodged from this trap, you can see you are at the edge of this jungle and you look over into the vast nothingness and you would see that this water just flows off into nothing. But you've reached the uh, northeast corner or northwest corner of the map. Needs to dead end. Okay, let's just see my options. Just checking notes quickly from last time. Uh, is there any, um... I'll start heading east for a minute, I reckon. And then, after a little bit, pit, like, veer off southeast. But I'll just follow the edge and go east for a minute. Sure. Uh, it isn't, like, a perfect square or anything like that. Uh, so, like, east will... Are you gonna stay along the edge? Or are you going to... Uh, not too close to the edge. Okay, that's what I was asking. Uh, so yeah, if you just want to start heading back east uh, towards the middle. Okay. Uh, make me another survival check, please. Twelve. Avery, you begin to make your way after seeing the edge... And once again, looking off into the void to easily hop over the edge of this river with these wonderful new boots that you have and begin to make your way. You do once again begin to hear the every once in a while boom and the ground itself shake under your feet. It does still seem to be very far off in the distance from you, but it does seem to be making its way closer uh, at a very slow pace. But the ground shaking definitely seems to be coming much quicker after the sound, or yeah, much quicker after the sound than it was before. As you keep going, you keep going along the top. Uh, can I have you make me another dexterity saving throw? Yeah, I think while that, when I did hear the, um, didn't follow the chat, the um, timer again, because that does sound like it's getting closer. So I'll see, and I want to check how, um, long it's taken them to cover the ground if I can uh, at this point it's been about I'd say three to four hours of time so the timer is at 43 hours and 
no, 30 minutes. We'll split the difference and say three and a half hours have passed. Okay. So I'm keeping track and trying to tell how far off they are and what sort of ground they're covering. So, right, deck save. Disadvantage or is it normal? Mm, since you asked so nicely, you can have it at disadvantage. <laughs> oh no. Actually, no, that's probably not too bad. Uh, 16. My lows are 13. Avery, as you look up to the sky and check the timer and see only three and a half hours have passed, you have a moment of, what the hell? And you're just like running and you have a, the best way to describe it is you have a moment of feeling very small as you realize you are just being chased around playing hide and seek in this jungle for the enjoyment of some very powerful creature and as you do you don't see the vine in front of you and you hear the snap a second too late as you feel a sudden grip around your left ankle and your body is suddenly jerked and you are whipped from off your feet and you are jerked into the air and you suddenly find yourself swinging back and forth six feet over the ground being suspended by your left ankle. He, he's about to like shout at the top of his lungs for fuck's sake and then realizes where he is and the fact he's playing hide and seek so Avery will immediately stop. Is there anything up here with me or am I up here by myself? Avery, make me a perception check. 25. Avery, you're swinging back and forth, six feet over the ground, kind of almost spinning in the air. So it's hard at first to, you know, gain your bearings as your world was just, you know, whipped. Your entire perspective was changed from up to down and down to up as you slowly gain your bearings and look about you don't see anything at first looking and your eyes kind of come back and as you're upside down swinging back and forth no there's nothing around you at this moment and how far off the ground Six feet off the ground. All right. Um, holding on to the branch, I'll um, I'll um, draw the blade that's on the top of the arm and just like cut the loop, so I can like get back onto my feet and then just drop down onto my feet. Sure. Uh, so you want to uh, slice the rope that's holding you, or the vine that's holding you? Yeah, where it's um, looped around my foot. So I'll hold on to the vine and then cut the loop. Sure. Don't get uh, onto me if you get down. Yeah, definitely. Uh, make me a sleight of hand check. Ooh, 11. All right. Uh, make me a dexterity saving throw at double disadvantage, please. 
Oh no. Oh no no no. Uh six. Avery, you quite easily you're much stronger than you remember at times, and these bands are definitely helping as you feel your abs just easily bend up and you just grab onto the uh, vine with your arm and slice. And as you do, you drop down. And as your feet hit the ground, you realize that this vine pulled you to a different spot than you were. This wasn't where you were standing because as your feet hit the ground, there is no ground beneath you and it just dissipates and and you begin to fall. And you will take 13 points of bludgeoning damage as you fall 10 feet down into a pit and boom, slam into the ground. Best part is if I could cast, I would have just used Featherfall because I have that prepared from last time. And can I have a perception check from you, Avery? Uh, nineteen. As you hit the ground, Avery, you you hit your head and. You don't lose consciousness at all, but your world goes fuzzy for a moment in the darkness. All you can hear from up at the top of the pit is a <laughs> But you see nothing at the moment. But Avery, you now find yourself at the bottom of a 10-foot pit. But we'll be back to you in just a moment. Because mm -hmm. meanwhile, the camera fades to black as we see the Asimar with a metal arm, the bottom of a pit. The camera zooms out before kind of zooming back in in a hallway of a massive library. We zoom in on three individuals. A Githraki, a human, and a sparkly elf. Walking through the massive oaken doors of the Library of Ganymede to a wonderfully nice hallway. The hallway lit with torches. The three of you heading down the corridor. Knives holding his handgun. I really don't know what to expect in here, so the two of you, be on your guard. Well, I draw the pistol and hold it close to him just in case. Fian, be ready for anything. Okay. I reply via message because talking out loud seems, I don't know, possibly dangerous. Yeah. Why well, can't you message though? So. You can. I've added you to the group chat. Yeah, we're all. This is all part in the group chat. No one's saying this out loud. As the three of Wait. you move. Um, the rules of message. We yeah, have this conversation. Use it. We have this conversation in every campaign where someone uses message every time. <laughs> but I don't have message. That's it, you do in our world. If one person has it, everyone has it. It's WhatsApp. I, okay. Okay. After you, knives. 
three of you reach the end of this entry corridor to another set of doors and Knives stops. All right, well, let us go. And he grabs one of the handles of the doors and pulls it open. And I need you both to make perception checks, please. So you have 13. That's a 14 all in. As the door creaks open, very, very loudly, it echoes. It takes your eyes a moment to adjust as you look out into a blue, dimly lit space. But as your eyes do adjust, you begin to see large statues of bronze, men in togas, women, beautiful, long hair, silken robes, bronze statues, marble statues, huge bookcases lined with different books and parchments. You can see in the center of the room, a huge blue fire pit with a huge fire boiling from it, lighting the whole area. Hmm. Really dusty and cold weather, yeah? Uh, no, it's actually, as you look about, very clean in here, once again. Hmm. Hmm. He must have a caretaker. Knives, where should we start? Why would it? I guess, I don't know. We're looking for a book. There's, as he gestures around, I guess anywhere? How about we use some collective thinking here and actually, I don't narrow it down, you sarcastic idiot. Ever been to a library in your life, Wyatt? Yes. I'm suggesting that we don't look anywhere. We look at the area would be appropriate. Well, Wyatt, since you seem to be so wise on this, then what area shall we be looking in? Okay, so... We're looking for something that would help us bring Avery home, yes? We are looking for the book that should have the location of where Avery is currently, hopefully. Right. Well, then let's... First of all, we have to... So, that book... Are there sections to this library? Yes, thank you. Uh, once again, as you, Firian, as you look about the 50-foot-tall ceilings above you, 
the bookcases themselves that you see, they're massive and they go from floor to ceiling with just shelves upon shelves upon shelves of books. Um, if you would like to go look at the first closest bookshelf, you can definitely make me an investigation check. Oh boy. It's a free. Virian, you pull out a book and this could be written in gibberish as far as you're concerned as it, it just looks like a bunch of different scribbles and you look in and it appears that all of these books in front of you are written in a language that you don't understand at all. Cool, that's helpful. I just slide the book back in. Right, looking for where he is. Let's start with let's start with that, I guess. Do you remember what the book was called, Wyatt? I actually do have comprehend languages. It's written here, so give me a second. I have my notes. How far back did I write this down? Okay. Venetia Prada. I've got multiversal history and practical applications. Thank you. Why don't I write that down? Thank you. Please stop screaming into your microphone. I'm not screaming. I'll put my microphone away. Sorry. So, is there any sort of um, it's or the books just on the shelves? There's no sec. There's no sectioned by topic. Is it by surname? Is it by the decimal system? Uh, as you're looking about, um, you can just see these rows upon rows upon rows of bookshelves down here. And knives is walks forward and he actually begins to pull books out and looking at them and. Well, what? Every one of these books is. This is philosophy. This is all philosophy. You see, knives begin to just like toss books on the ground as he's going through this bookshelf. And like he goes to bookshelf to bookshelf and begins. These are all philosophy books. Then we're in the philosophy section. How about we look at something to do with multiversal thinking? As you say this sarcastic comment, you say it to no one. As Knives has already like moved far enough past that he is on to the whole like next row of bookshelves, and he's still just pulling out books, and just you can hear him saying over and over, "Philosophy, philosophy, philosophy." I start looking at the other shelves. Yes, yep. can I do the scope before I start firing rounds at random? Please do uh, not. <laughs> you can. Both make me investigation checks, please. Oh, that's better. That's a crit 20. Thank you. With my flat investigation. I'm so good at intelligence. Oh, ho, ho. Liking that one. Crit 
I'll take which way plus two. There you go, Matt. Use your words once again. <laughs> Sorry. You can't Matt, showing an image on a, on a podcast. I'm aware. Helps. I'm aware. It's not the only show I do this on. <laughs> oh, he does it on every show. Uh, so both of you with crit 20s uh, for your investigation checks. Uh, one of you goes to the left and one of you goes to the right. And you begin going through shelf after shelf after shelf of this Roman style uh, library as you walk by columns and other bookshelves. But as you keep going, every book that you can find in a language that you understand seems to just be something about philosophy, either how you should live your life or what life really means or what life doesn't mean or what eating that ice cream really says about you or what dreams may come or what dreams may not come or anything of this nature. But everything is about fucking philosophy over and over. And you hear Knives once again just saying the same thing. Philosophy, philosophy. Both of you. With those crit 20s as you both reach the end walls of this library and you're looking up from floor to ceiling and both of you at the same time almost and yelling back at the other one go i found a hatch as both of you find hatches on the ceiling you can see them at your respective ends that you are at. Fifty foot high ceiling, yeah. Mm-hmm. Any ladders to get to them? Oh, there's many ladders as you've been walking about. Uh, every one of the shelves has a ladder attached to it that seems to slide up and down the line. Would we be able to get to the hatch with it? Could certainly try. Shall we, Vivian? Why not? Well, which we hatch are you going with? As I said, you guys went opposite ways, so there is a hatch on either side. Do we want to do one each? <laughs> what's the worst that could happen? I don't know, I feel like it would kind of be best not to split up for a minute. It's Chad, Matthew. (laughs) Also, if we don't have some Beauty and the Beast dancing on ladders right now, I'm going to quit. (laughs) Taylor's the last time. Okay, fine. Wyatt will come, Wyatt will, uh, Make note of where his hatch is, and but head across to help Vivian. You're gonna head all the way back uh, across the entire library to the other side. Yes. Uh, Knives has also made his way over to the left wall, uh, standing with you now, staring up this hatch. Well, this is weird. I mean, I guess we did see outside. This building goes up quite high, but. Why is this built this way? It's very odd. Oh, there's not to wonder, just to do. Philosophy. You can stay down here with the philosophy books if you're going to bring that with you. <laughs> it doesn't say it maliciously or anything, it's just 
a nicer way of saying, shh, quiet. <laughs> Just the facts. Why said he's the ladder. I'd like to climb the ladder. Uh, you can climb the ladder because that's what ladders are meant for and I'm not going to make you roll for that oh, uh, but as Viren reaches the top of the ladder uh, and you get to the hatch you can see it's a very large hatch uh, you can very it's big it's a big hatch okay um like to open the hatch sure uh, make me a strength check please Ah, yes. <laughs> okay, that's not too bad. That's a flat 18. Virian, on the top of this ladder, you try and give a push with your hand, and it doesn't budge at all. So you climb up an extra two rungs of this ladder, putting your shoulder into it, and with the proper pushing technique from your legs and using the proper technique, you push up with your shoulder and this hatch grunts as the hatch swings open. And after it reaches about a six way point, you feel momentum takes it and some kind of mechanism pulls it open and wedges it completely open. Okay. I'd like to poke my head through the um, hatch and have a look around. Sure, make me a perception check. That's the 10 plus 6, 16. Virian, as you poke your head up into this and you look about, you look into a lavish, luxury-style library that actually reminds you of what was kind of at your home, your family's home. But you know, turned up to 11. As you can smell the leather from the books in the room, and you can see off to the right, a large fireplace that has a huge roaring fire in it. And you look around seeing cozy leather chairs. The floor is a oaken, dark uh, wooden floor. And it just feels very homey in a way, as you poke your head into it. It takes just a moment to, I guess, be hurt by the fact that it seems almost like home. But then I'd like to pull myself up through the hatch if I can. Oh yeah, without a problem, you easily just climb up the last few steps of the ladder and step out onto this floor. Um, what are the bookshelves like in here? Uh, you are in, as you step out onto the floor and you get a more full look around the room, you realize it's a two-storied uh, library area with not nearly as many bookshelves as the last time, but these bookshelves are all more closely put together and very tightly stuffed with many different books. Uh, would you like to start going through some books? Yes, this place sounds amazing. Sure. Uh, make Wyatt, me an investigation check. Wyatt begins to climb the ladder behind you. Go ahead. Mm, that's only a 12. 
Virian, you begin to pull out book by book and you notice right away that every book, the front cover, everyone seems to have a, just a picture of either a human, an elf, a tiefling. You pull out one that has a picture of an ogre. All of them saying things like, I had a nickel when I was born, but I ended with a dollar. And as you're going through more and more, you realize these are autobiographies and life stories and things of that nature. And you just keep going and every single one has almost the exact same pose with the person sitting there, like with their hand across, either sitting in a chair, but all of them are just staring straight forward at you with a smile on their face. It gets a little creepy after about the 50th one. I know it's a very, very long shot, but I wouldn't recognize any of the elven ones, would I? Roll me a roll me a percentile die or a D one hundred, whichever is easier for you. Tell me what you get. Uh, let's see. Is that just rolling the um the uh, one that goes D10. up to tens? Yeah. Yeah. And then roll that one and the one, but both the D ten and that one. All right. Okay. That's a fifty eight. No, you don't notice any of them. Okay. Why well, puts his head through the hat at this point? You can come in. Okay, cool. Why will put himself through? Get up. Anything of note in here so far? Um, terrifying autobiographies, and I show why at the two that were almost identical in post. Ooh, that's not a thing at all, is it? No, no, it's not. <laughs> what begin to have a look at a couple of minutes? Oops. And says, I wonder if one here about dragon bones. Go wild, have a look. Can I look for viciouses? Uh, you want to look to see if there's an autobiography for Vicious? Absolutely. Go ahead. Uh, make me an investigation check. There's a whole library of them. <laughs> so goddamn long. Uh, 15. Uh, Wyatt, you begin to dig through these bookshelves. And eventually you do find a shelf. And it does, as you start going through, seem to be all dragonborns. Uh, but you can't find any that have Vicious's name or uh, a golden dragonborn. <sighs> well, at least we, well, sort of with Fina having invited him to do one at least. Even though it's not in a collection. Sort of sad to hear that there's no mention of a Ballad of Shambles at character, but. <laughs> Okay, so it's every one of it's everything in this room just autobiographies. It's possible. I've moved a bit further along by that point. Uh, sure. Make me another investigation check. 
In a way, investigation checks are fun because I don't add anything to them, so I have to do absolutely no maths whatsoever. Mm, you're going away for a bit, Dice, because you like the number 10. Bit too much for my liking today. So that's a 10. I'm going to go to the other side of the room and do the same. Sure. Uh, you can make me an investigation check as well. Uh, Virian. Seven. You... Sorry, what was that, Matt? Seven. Uh, Virian, as you keep going, you find a couple of books that seem to be uh, not an autobiography as much as they are about a specific lifestyle, uh, but nothing else of any like relevant nature. And Wyatt, you just get more and more autobiographies. Uh, you eventually find an autobiography of someone named Jason, who looks very familiar to someone you might have known in a past life. But then it's like, oh, no, it's not who I thought it was. Okay. Jason. As this happens and you're both looking, suddenly you hear a loud doom, thud, as you both stop and turn and look, and you see Knives uh, slams closed the hatch and is standing there. Did you two realize there was a door right behind the hatch? No. No. Maybe you should have looked. Close the hatch. Well, thank you, Knives. We have just had a look around. Never hurts to be productive, you know, and proactive. Did you find anything? Mm, not exactly, no. Although, although, feel free to have a look at an autobiography or two uh, while we head to the door. Just lots and lots of autobiographies and books on what I guess are alternative lifestyles. Oh, well, I can't say I'm not at least a little bit intrigued, but... Not the time for it, I suppose. They probably, they've some of them up, probably are very good reads, but as you say, not the time. Right, well, um, shall we check out this other room then? Indeed. Good call. Uh, Knives steps onto the now closed hatch, grabbing the handle of the door. Once again, just be cautious, everyone. And We're ready. You're ready. Yanks open the door. Uh, and can you make both make me perception checks? Seventeen. Um, eighteen. All in. What awaits Virian, Wyatt, and Knives as they plunge deeper into this mysterious library of Ganymede? What more traps await Avery as he explores this new jungle of Cazador's creation? And what or who is the Grozny that returned to Ganymede Square? And what will await Damien and Bart when they find him? Tune in next time to Escape from Ulfam to find out.
podcast was brought to you by me, Chad, in conjunction with Visionaries Global Media and Mad Attack Productions.